Do you have your air guitar out playing along with me? Right here in the studio, I'm doing a little air guitar with a little rock and roll music. That's the good stuff. 1988, Poison put out an album called Open Up and Say Ah. Had a great song on it called Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Those lyrics were, every rose has its thorn, just like every night has its dawn. Just like every cowboy sings a sad, sad song, every rose has its thorn. Welcome to the life and times of Big Jim. And today, we're going to slip back to an easier time. And I'm going to introduce you to a friend of mine that has been a friend of mine. Since I believe, now he can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's been since about the second grade. Now I met David back in, I think, Mrs. Fletcher's class in the second grade at Hawthorne Elementary School there in Carthage, Missouri. I believe that David, yes, he did. I don't believe. I know this for a fact, but David... And his family went to the same church that my family and I went to, where my dad was the children's church director at the church there. And so I met David there, and I met David in school there at the Hawthorne Elementary School. And and quickly, David and I became steadfast friends during elementary school. And I, I'm going to tell you some stories about Dave and I, that from from way back in the way back in the time, you know. Now, see, back when I was probably sixth grade. And let me see. Let me do some quick uh, uh, arithmeticing in my head here. Some mathing. Uh, I was I was twelve, maybe eleven or twelve. So that would have been uh, 1970. Two or 73, back there in the 70s, you know, least love, peace, drugs, rock and roll, which I did none of because I was 11 or 12. I had a paper route. I threw a paper route for the Carthage Press. I threw down Maple Street and Lion Street there in Carthage. Well, David had a paper route as well. You call that a route or a route? Some people call it a route. I think it's a paper route, paper route, whatever you want to call it. I call it a paper route. And David had a paper route just right outside of the city limits of Carthage in a little place called Kendrick Town, just out there by the Kellogg Lake there in, in Carthage. They had a Kellogg Lake. Most people would have called it a pond. It still calls Kellogg Lake to this day, but... It's not a very big lake. It's not like Table Rock or Okeechobee or or Lake Erie or Lake Superior or something like that. It's just a little pond-looking thing there. But but you went on by Kellogg Lake going out of Carthage, and you came up to a little town called Kendrick Town. You turned left there and went out and wound through these little roads, and you showed up at David's house. Now, I've told you before that I grew up on a ranch, three and a half acres, 10-acre garden when you had to pull weeds in it. But David had a little bit bigger ranch than I had. 
David had a David had a big a big you know to me as as a kid it was a pretty big ranch and had a little farmhouse on there I oh, I remember how warm it was in David's house they had a big wood stove over there to into the the living room there and oh so warm in there during the winter time and and his mama raised pomeranians bred pomeranian dogs. So they had all these little fluff ball dogs. You know what a Pomeranian is? A little fluff ball dog. It's got about 90% hair and 1% body. Well, okay, 10% body. I left a zero off. That's all right. You know, it, a little tiny fur ball thing. Yippee. But boy, were they ever cute. And they were so soft and cuddly to play with. And she raised them dogs. And I remember them dogs yipping and running around that house. And boy, we had, oh, I love that. It was so warm in there. And, and. David's mama was a, she was a country, country person. And now, my mama was a good cook, don't get me wrong, but David's mama cooked this this um, country food. And and people don't eat country food no more. We, we eat things that are, that are already processed. But David's mama made everything from scratch. And what you made from scratch, you made with bacon fat and not, not some kind of canola oil or avocado oil or sunflower oil or olive oil. No, no, you made it with bacon fat. So you had to fry up some bacon, save that bacon fat in a mayonnaise jar in the, in the refrigerator. When you needed bacon fat, you just scooped it out with a spoon and dropped it in the bottom of your pan. And, and you, that's the way you cooked. My mama cooked with that too. She used to make something called mush. Mush was just cornmeal and bacon fat. She'd cook us up big. She'd cook up a pan for me and my brothers, and she'd pick up cook up a pan for the dog. And that that's the way. So we always said we was eating dog food, but yum was it ever good? Bacon fat and cornmeal. I'm telling you. But but David's mama used to cook that stuff. Oh, she cooked some stuff, and we'd eat. But you know. I'd go out to David's house a lot. David would come to my house a lot. I like going to his house even more because he had more toys and more area and more things to do out at David's house. You know, like we could go out and collect garter snakes or, or garden snakes, whatever you want to call them, garter garden, you know, little, little harmless green snakes that crawled around on the ground. We'd go out there in David's yard. We'd catch a whole mayonnaise jar full of those things. We'd have... About, about, I don't know, 3,000, 4,000, okay, maybe two, three. Garden snakes, Raul wrapped up in this, his mayonnaise jar. I remember first day we did that, first time we ever collected a bunch of them garter snakes. I kept a couple of them, and when my, I don't know if it was my mom or my dad that came to pick me up, and I got my mayonnaise jar full of garter snakes and stuck it in the car with me, and whoever, whichever one of them it was said, oh, no. No, 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 no. You are not taking a bunch of snakes home. You put those right back out there in the yard where they belong. God created them to be in the yard, eating bugs and, and doing things that slithering, slithering like snakes do, you know, snakes slither. So I had to put my garden snakes back, but we sure had a lot of fun catching those things out there. They'd slither around. You could grab a hold of them. They wouldn't bite or nothing. They didn't have no fangs and, We'd throw them in them. Yeah, so. But, you know, one thing that Dave and I did, now I told you we had paper routes or routes or, you know, we throwed papers on people's porches is what we did. Well, now you ain't going to believe this and it's going to come out sounding like I'm a lying to you, but it's the truth. It's, it's what I'm taking as truth because it's what David told me was the truth. And, and 
See, he, he on his paper route one day, you know, now mind you, we're 11, 12 years old. You know, David's riding his bike around the Kendrick town area, throwing the newspapers on the porches. I'm walking up and down Maple Street, throwing newspapers on the porches. Well, one day on David's paper route, he stumbled across one of them there girly magazines. You know, one of them there, I believe it was called the Playboy. Now, that, that magazine's been around for a long time, but David stumbled upon a real live Playboy magazine. Now, this was a much more innocent time in the 70s for us young kids at 11 and 12 years old than it is today. I mean, you hear all the time 11 and 12-year-olds having sexual relations with their elementary school teachers. Uh, no, not back when we was kids. I mean, we didn't, we didn't think about things like that. We would have thought about things like that. People would have thought we was whew, something a little bit crazy, you know. So, and my, and my, my fifth grade teacher, she was a pretty lady, but we never thought about nothing like that. Now, I don't know about other guys, but me, I never did. And, and I'm pretty sure David didn't either because we were good kids. So we found, he found this Playboy magazine. And I went out to his house one day and he says, come with me, come with me, be quiet. Don't let my mom and dad know we're going. Let's sneak out of the house. So out we went out the door. Well, David took me back out in the pasture out there where his daddy had some old cars out there in the pasture. There's just a bunch of old cars kind of rusting out. Good place for us to play. David and I used to love to play in those cars. We'd drive and we'd have fun in those cars. So David's out there in the, in the thing, and, and he took me out there, and he says, and he looked around like he was, like he was getting ready to, make a cocaine deal in the middle of the police station or something. He look all around. He says, you got to look at this. You got to see this. And he reached in the glove box of one of them old cars. And he pulled out that there Playboy magazine. Now, I tell you at that point, boys, ladies and gentlemen, I had never seen anything of the sorts. I feel like I'm Andy Griffith here. What it was, was it was football. But I had never seen nothing like that before. And he pulled it out and he opened those pages up to that thing that they called the centerfold. And that thing all unfurled. And right there in front of my face in all of its glory was a naked woman. Now, I'd never seen one of them either at 11 or 12 years old. And I said, oh, wow, David. That's a naked woman. And he said, yeah, that's a naked woman. And we stared at that naked woman for a little bit. I think that both of us were thinking in our head, I don't know what you do with a naked woman, but she don't look anything like a boy, does she? She's got them things on her chest there, you know, and, and she don't have that thing that we have. How's she going pee? You know? But we was looking at that naked woman. I really think folks, to be honest with you. I think it wasn't so much the naked women inside the Playboy magazine that kept us so enthralled with the thing. I think it was more the idea that we was doing something that we knew we weren't supposed to be doing. 
It was the thrill of being bad boys. That's right. David and I had crossed over from the good Christian boys that went to the same church and went to the same children's church service to the bad boys. We were we were doing something we knew we weren't supposed to do. Whew. So we looked at them naked girls for a while in that Playboy magazine. And then it dawned on us, uh-oh, we got to do something with this Playboy magazine. We leave it out here in the glove box of the car, and if, if David's daddy happens to come out there in them cars and dig around, look for something in them cars, and he he he, he retrieves that there Playboy magazine, David and I going to be in a whale of a lot of trouble because there ain't no way that thing could have got inside of the glove box of one of them automobiles unless David put it there. So we don't want David to be getting in trouble for having one of them girly magazines wrapped up in the glove box of one of Daddy's old cars. So we 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 got to thinking. We got to pondering. We got to wondering what to do. Well, we decided best thing to do with that Playboy magazine was to do what the pirates did. We was 11, 12 years old. We was going to do what the pirates did. And what the pirates do with their treasures? Well, by golly, they buried them. So we decided we was going to bury that there Playboy magazine for the next time. We'd mark it so we knew exactly where it was. And when we wanted to get that Playboy magazine back out, we'd go back, dig it up out the ground, shake off the dirt, and enjoy us some debauchery and looking at naked women. So we did. That's what we did. We got us a little shovel. We went out there in the pasture. We found us a little place we could mark easily. We dug ourselves a little hole. We didn't dig very hard because, you know, that'd be like construed as hard work. So we didn't dig very deep, maybe three, four inches, maybe five, six at the max. And we rolled that Playboy magazine up, stuck it in that hole and covered it up with dirt, packed it all down. And presto. We had a buried treasure in the pasture at David's farm, and it was a treasure because it had naked women in it. Woo-hoo. And we was doing something wrong. We were bad boys, rebels without a cause. We were on the other side of the tracks. We were living like the rebels that we were. Well, that old Playboy magazine laid out there in that buried treasure area for a considerable amount of time. I don't know if we both just forgot about it or what, but one day I said, David, let's go out there and dig up our treasure. Oh, yeah, good idea, David says. Let's do it. So we got us our shovel. We ran out there. We find our place where the, where the Playboy magazine was stored right there under six inches of dirt. And we tended to dig that thing up. Well, it was kind of a disappointment, folks. See, what had ha- what had done happened was it rained, and that rain, it had rained several times since we buried our treasure. That rain had soaked through that mud, and it had got that, that magazine a little bit on the damp side. Okay, not a little bit on the damp side, sopping wet and the wet stuff in there had caused all them naked women in that magazine 
to look like they had a case of leprosy. Looked like they were spotted up with something that was like, so, you know, doing something wrong and looking at naked women with leprosy spots all over their bodies wasn't quite as exciting as it was when we had the new Playboy magazine where the girls were naked and we looked at them and said, wow, she's naked. Now they were naked with leprosy. And we looked and said, ooh, she's naked with leprosy. So we decided that that magazine wasn't any good no more. So we buried it back in the hole. And I bet you that if you went out in that pasture and dug up that whole pasture, you might find an old, nasty, well, it'd probably have disintegrated by now. But, you know, because you know, that was 1971 or two. So it's been a few years, uh, around 50. So if you found it, you probably wouldn't have anything. You'd probably, it'd be a waste of your time, so don't even go looking for it. But that was one thing that David and I got ourselves in just a little bit of, you know. But David and I had a good time. Now, there was an old house out there back of David's property that was an old run-down house sitting back in there. We always thought it was haunted. I think David might have told us it was haunted, me and some of other buddies. But we'd go back there and we'd wander through that old house and wait for the ghosts and goblins to come and get us. But later on, now David took that house. He fixed it all up, rebuilt it, redid it, lived there with his wife for a few years in that old house. And I actually was out there helping him work on that house a little bit. Oh, I, I was watching him work. I didn't help him work because I... That would be construed exercise, and I don't do that. I didn't even then. I don't do it now. Why would I do it then? But he did fix that house up, you know. And it, I don't I don't believe it was ever really haunted. We, we thought it was, you know. But I'll tell you one thing that David and I did. See, I told you that David had things out at his farm that I didn't have at my farm. Well, David had one of them there do things that they called a go-kart yeah, if, you, if you've never seen a go-kart before, it's a little big thing. Usually got about a three or five horsepower uh, lawnmower engine on the back of it, all wired up to where it drives that go-kart. And you know, when you're a kid of 11, 12, 13 years old, that thing probably goes about 850 miles an hour. And that, that that's in your mind, you know. Now, in, in, in the real world, it probably went about 10 or 12 miles an hour, maybe 15 if you got it all the way up going downhill. Well, David lived on this quiet little kind of dirt road, gravel road type thing down there, you know. And, and, it, and David's house sat there on that gravel road and around the curve in that gravel road, road that gravel road turned to a 90 degree around this curve it went down that road just a little bit and there on the right side of the house, the road was david's grandma's house and you could just whip in her driveway there and then grandma had a yard out there big pretty yard you know always had green grass and stuff and so so one day we was out there at david's house or i was out there at david's house and we decided we was going to fire up the go-kart and we was going to go riding around on that road there at um, at uh, David's house, you know. Well, the night before we decided to pop the go-kart out, it had rained and rained and rained 
I, I know that the Bible says there's not going to be another 40-day flood, but we figured that in that one day we got about as much rain as uh, Jonah got. Not Jonah, that was Noah. Come on, silly. I was just seeing if you knew what I was talking about. Noah got there on the flood, but uh, of course we didn't. But we kind of thought it was because we was, you know, 12, 11, 12 years old. Well, we got the old gold cart fired up. I think it had a five-horsepower engine on the back of it, I believe. And uh, so we got that thing up, and David took the first spin. He wheeled out of that driveway at his house, wheeled onto that gravel road, spun them tires, and fishtailed around that curve down to Grandma's house, roared down the road, swung into Grandma's driveway at breakneck speeds, whirled into her yard, spun those tires around and came right back down the dirt road and the gravel road and around that curve, fishtailing again, whipped up next to me and slammed the brakes on. Whoa, he goes, that is fun. I said, I want to turn, I want to turn, I want to turn. He said, okay, 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 I'm on here. So I go off, I'm fishtailing around the gravel road, spitting gravel up all over the place, looking like I'm running. I'm, I'm Mario Andretti in a go-kart. Whip into Grandma's driveway, right up into the yard, spin those tires around, right back out. And we are having a blast. Now, this got a two-seater thing on it, so at times we both get on that thing and David sometimes goes around that curve so fast that he just throws me right off on the ground. You know, <laughs> you bump along on your on your butt talks and you just laugh and think that's the funniest thing in the world because you were tough back then. You know, we were on the go kart. Well, we did that I think probably about seventy two million times. Okay, well maybe maybe not seventy two million, but uh, but we we did it a lot. We raced up there through Grandma's yard, and we was slinging mud and grass, gravel, and everything all over the place. And we finally got a little bit tired. We was muddy. We was muddy. We was wet. Cause we, when you went into Grandma's yard, well, you know, it's kind of we. Well, what had happened was this: once we stopped on the go kart and went back into David's house, and um, kind of you know, cleaned up a little bit, got ourselves settled in that house. Well, that's when Grandma called down to David's house and says, what them boys been doing in my yard? And uh, and uh, I think David's mama says, what you be talking about? She said, well, won't you come down here and take a look at what them boys did to my yard? Well, we, 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 wasn't, we wasn't too bright at that time. And so, so they go down there and looked at the yard. Well, we had just flat uh, torn torn grandma's yard up. You know, we'd we turned it into a mud pit. We'd killed all the grass and we'd roared right down the same path every time and we just slung the grass and the mud up, had big ruts, uh, dug in grandma's yard and well it wasn't a real pretty sight for uh for two eleven, twelve year old boys to look at the havoc that we had perpetuated on grandma's yard well playtime was over at that point in time there david and i with that same old shovel that we dialed buried that playboy magazine with with the neck and women in it we we're out there patching up grandma's front yard 
and, and tried to fix all the ruts and all the digging and stuff that we had done with the go-kart. So it probably in hindsight would have been a better idea if we would have just not rode to go-kart in grandma's yard. But it was the perfect place to turn around. And with that mud, it made it real slick and you could, you know, swing that back in around and fishtail and do all that fun stuff. And well, it was, it was pretty cool. <laughs> I loved it a lot, but I guess grandma didn't like the way her yard looked when, when we got all done with it. So, so we did have to patch that up, you know, so, but over the years, uh, David and I have remained friends. I, I left, I left that area in, uh, the ninth grade. And, and, uh, I do believe that David and his lovely wife, Rhonda still live there in the Carthage, Carthage area. Last I heard David was working for an insurance company. That was many years ago though, but I know he still lives up there. I don't do a whole lot of social media anymore. Uh, don't do any Facebook, don't do any of that kind of stuff uh, per se. So a little bit of Twitter, you can find me uh, on Twitter at uh, Life and Times of Big Jim. Uh, if you're a Twitter follower or somebody who tweets, I am there on on Twitter. And uh, But as far as anything else, I don't do any of that stuff. I kind of got a little tired of it. But, you know, I may, I may stick back on there on the Instagram just a little bit. So I'll let you know if that happens. But but you know, David and I—he—he's he, a—he's a, a good guy and a good. His parents were absolutely fantastic, and I loved—I loved heading out to David's house and, you know, doing things that were bad. But I think you know we all growed up to be pretty decent, decent folks, even though we did some bad stuff. And I can't say that later on in life I didn't look at a Playboy magazine or two thousand three hundred thousand i've looked at a few playboy magazines in my life mama i'm sorry if you're listening that is sort of bad for me to say but but it is what it is and you know you got to you got to take those things you did own up to them and try to be better in the future so anyways i wanted to share some things with you about my good friend david david if you listen to this podcast love you buddy Still wish we could hook up and get together. We currently live, you know, I don't know, 10 and a half hours apart. So it's a little, little hard to get together and hang out. But if I ever get back up to the Carthage, Missouri area, you can be assured that I'll give David a call and we'll go out setting them old cars. And no, we won't do that. We'll just, you know, take a trip down memory lane. So I hope you enjoyed this. Appreciate you listening. We are. The life and times of Big Jim. And we are going to come back and see you. And I'm going to leave you now with a little bit more of this good old healthy dose of rock and roll. God bless you. Thanks for listening. See you soon. <laughs>